Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 77 of Lymphedema Podcast. We are carrying on the conversation with Kelly today. We have been talking about lipedema. June is Lipedema Awareness Month, and Kelly is here to help us with information. We learned last week in our episode that Kelly is a wellness coach. She has, I wrote it down, I did. (laughs) Wild Heart Wellness and Health Coaching, and she's also an admin for a Facebook group for lipedema and food sensitivities. Kelly, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. You're welcome. So we were really on a, well, you were really on a roll (laughs) talking about how people can identify the problems they have and how they can find help to get that treatment. And I just wanted to follow up on that conversation and ask, what is the treatment? What treatment protocols are out there, and how can they start helping themselves? There are so many simple things that someone who suspects they have lipedema or has been just diagnosed with lipedema but is really overwhelmed and doesn't know where to start, so many things that you can do to help yourself. Um, And not everything will help every person. But a lot of things that seem really simple do seem to help a lot of people. And so it's, I think, if you can do something simple and you know that it's helped someone else, you might as well try it. Because if you're sitting there in pain with this weird disease and you don't know what to do, every little step that you can take helps you have a little bit more control over your health and over a disease that makes you feel like your body's out of control. So one of the easiest ways that you can help yourself is to pay attention to your nutrition. And that seems like a given, but in the group that I admin, you mentioned it's about food sensitivities and how foods can affect your lipedema. We have seen in that group so often that foods can cause reactions in your body that increase inflammation. And with increased inflammation, there's increased pain. And so just paying attention to how foods affect you, even if you're eating a very healthy diet, you can still be having weird food reactions. When your body is already in this state of chronic illness, you may start to have reactions to foods that you never have had a reaction to before 
just because your body is saying, I've had enough, I can't deal with this and you need to give me a break from whatever that food is. And so it sometimes makes no sense, but we've seen over and over again, women start to really pay attention to, does that food make me feel nauseous? Does that food make me have increased swelling? Does that food make me bloated? If they'll just take that food out of their diet for a little while or sometimes a long while, but if they'll just take that food out, they have decreased inflammation, decreased pain, and sometimes they're able to get rid of some of that extra fluid in their bodies and help themselves be more mobile, be more active, and participate in some of the things that they weren't able to even just a you know, few days before. Is there a connection with food sensitivities and lipedema? Or as a wellness coach, are you just recommending uh, like an, an elimination type diet to help with some of those unrelated symptoms that they're having? They haven't found a direct connection between lipedema and food sensitivities. However, there is a connection between chronic illness and developing more kinds of reactions to things in the environment in general or things that you put in your body in general. And so when we look at how do we help heal our bodies from any kind of chronic condition, we have to look at the nutrition that we're giving ourselves. And so we also know that lipedema is a connective tissue disorder and our digestive system is made of connective tissue, not the same kind of connective tissue as in our fat cells. But when you have an illness that affects your connective tissue, it can also affect your digestion. It can affect how you are getting your nutrition from the food and how effective your digestion is efficient. And so we want to give our digestive system a break and be able to let it rest and not overwork so that our energy in our body can be directed toward lipedema healing. As, as much as we can take that inflammation away, it's better. And so like you mentioned, an elimination diet, that is a good place to start with maybe even an autoimmune protocol, which can be Googled and it's pretty specific. Those diets don't always work for everyone, but it's a good place to start just taking out the things that a lot of people react to, the ones we've all heard, like gluten or dairy or um, one of those common reaction foods, sugar. Um, we've all heard of those and how they aren't that great for your body anyway. So just playing around with what you're eating and trying to figure out, is this affecting my lipedema? It's an easy way to maybe tweak your diet. And and I say diet, not like go on a diet, but diet as in the foods that you eat. Because um, calorie restriction is not good for lipedema. And not effective either. Um, but looking at your nutrition and what you're putting in your body, figuring out if those things are negatively affecting you really can make a difference in how your lipedema is affecting you 
How about pain management? What are some protocols or treatments for pain management? Pain management is sometimes difficult um, because it's sometimes very hard to move. And we know that lipedema affects the lymphatics. And one of the best things for the lymphatics is moving, not necessarily strenuous exercise, which can lead to inflammation, although some women with lipedema do really well with strenuous exercise, but move, moving your body, whether it's deep breathing, which stimulates the lymphatics, or gentle stretching, or yoga, or walking, those types of things are very beneficial Sitting in one place not moving is the worst thing for your lymphatics and for lipedema and for pain. But it can be very difficult when you're in that level of pain to make yourself move. And so anywhere that you can start m moving your body, even if it's in a seated position, just stretching your arms above your head, flexing and pointing your toes, any of those things that are going to activate your lymphatic system will be good for your pain management. Does anyone Just, in the lipedema community promote or have experience with CBD products um, like topical lotions and creams or anything like that that have helped them? I know that's a common um, conversation in the lymphedema community. There there are people who benefit from CBD and I would suggest looking at which there are things in not to get too technical, but there are different components in CBD and some of them help more with inflammation and pain. And some of them are more for restfulness or anxiety and things like that. So I would say if you want to find an effective CBD product, whether it is a cream or something that you're going to use orally, anything like that, you would look at the different components of what you want to purchase. Purchase a good quality product and then look at the components of it to see if those components in that particular strain of CBD are going to address your specific health concerns. Because there have been women, there have been women who've tried it and said that didn't help at all. And I'm thinking, well, did you buy that at the gas station and you don't even know it's in it? Because if that's, if that's the case, it probably isn't going to help you. Yes. So I always say if you can buy it for $5 and it's like a CBD chapstick at the 7-Eleven. Right. It's not really going <laughs> right. to help you. It right. It doesn't really matter if you put that on like sunscreen, the potency and the ingredients are not medical. You can't sell that kind of stuff. No, um, that, that's not going to be chapstick. No, that's not going to be therapeutic for you. So um, I would say any type of supplement or um, topical anything for pain, you want to look for a good quality, reputable source and then check out what else is added to it. We don't want a lot of added ingredients. So, and if you don't want the high that some people are afraid of thinking that it's right. a hallucinogenic or a, you know, a drug, um, go for the THC free CBD because that 
the cannabinoids that are in CBD products are different than the THC that is the drug, I guess you would say. That's that's the bad thing that people, you know, associate right. with, you know, being high. Um, while some people need that, um, depending on, you know, their disease process or what they're really trying to achieve, you can get pain management from the cannabinoids from CBD products without having the THC or the high. So that's all. It's also something to look into as well. That is important because some women would avoid a CBD product because they don't want that high or because maybe their job drug tests and they don't want to have their job in jeopardy. But if you get a product without the THC, then you don't have to worry about any of those things. Correct. Um, the other thing, since I just mentioned getting a good quality supplement, one of the best things for pain is magnesium. And women with lipedema tend to be low in magnesium. You And we also have a problem with malabsorption of nutrients. And so getting a topical spray magnesium that you can get at Amazon or probably your local health food store it's just a spray. You spray it on your skin, rub it in, and it soaks directly into your skin, bypasses your digestive system so you don't have that malabsorption problem. That can be very good for inflammation and pain. Magnesium has a ton of other benefits too, but I'll just mention those two because they're probably most relevant for lipedema. You can also do um, a foot soak with Epsom salts or Dead Sea minerals. You will get a lot of magnesium that way and I say foot soak because a lot of women with lipedema if you tell them go soak in a bathtub that's just not a possibility yeah um I learned about the foot soak when I was pregnant and I was having um some problems and my midwife said just soak your feet because when you're pregnant you don't want to be climbing in and out of a bathtub either so um whether your problem is mobility or your size from the lipedema sometimes a bathtub is not a good place to soak but soaking your feet is usually something most women can do and you can soak that magnesium right up through the bottoms of your feet and you can have a lot of benefit it also is very calming and reduction of stress is also really important for calming your nervous system reducing inflammation and helping your immune system to function better, which is all really good for chronic illness and lipedema. The other couple of things that don't cost a lot that I found beneficial are contrast showers. And I put those off for a long time, even though I knew of the benefits. But in a contrast shower, you would just take your regular shower. So... I like this because it doesn't add to your, it doesn't add more to your routine. Like it's not a big time investment for you. But you, at the end of your regular shower, you would turn the water up a little hotter for about one minute and then turn it way down to pretty cold for about 30 seconds. And you do uh, three cycles of that. That will stimulate your lymphatic system and your circulatory system. Every time I do that, I feel much less pressure and pain from inflammation. Every single time. 
And so if I don't feel like doing anything else, but I have a lot of pain that day, that just three cycles in the shower really do take the edge off enough where I can function better. And it doesn't have to be one of those things where you are in the winter time and the water is, you know, 40 degrees coming out of the faucet. It just needs to be a big enough difference between the hot temperature and the cold temperature that it stimulates that response in your body to constrict those blood vessels and get the lymph flowing. So about a 30 degree difference. That's a really don't have good to, recommendation yeah. that oh, is, is easy. You know, that's a yeah. fairly simple adjustment to your shower or putting, even putting your feet maybe in a contrast bath. There have been benefits with hands and feet. If you do your feet um, or your hands back and forth between hot water and cold water, there, that does stimulate the lymph system as well. And um, there have been, I read a study recently just doing hands is enough sometimes to eliminate a headache because of the effect on your nervous system and your circulatory system. And so anything you can do like that is going to help you a little bit. And all these little things can add up. I'm all about in my wellness coaching with women, finding ways that don't cost a lot that are easy to put into your routine. Because dealing with a chronic illness is very difficult. And if you try to add in a ton of stuff while you're still trying to function in real life, it doesn't usually work well. And so um, I'll mention one more thing that you can do while in the shower that has been beneficial for me and some of my clients is I had the idea in my brain that I should be doing dry brushing. Anything that helps the lymphatics is going to help lipedema because it gets those fluids moving. It breaks down some of that fibrotic tissue. It's just very beneficial. But I don't have time in my life as a homeschool mom and doing all these things. I don't have time to add in dry brushing too. I just don't have 20 more minutes a day. And so I bought a very abrasive sort of scrubber for the shower. And in the shower, I do the same movements as the dry brushing I just do it when I put on the body wash and scrub instead of washing my body a different way. I just use this scrubber that helps with circulation and helps get the lymph flowing and it'll exfoliate and it'll do all those things. So you're a little more rough than what most uh, would say for dry brushing. Is that correct? What I'm hearing a little bit, but not digging into the skin. Um, but also it's, it's more than, it's more than just like taking a washcloth and gently washing off this, you know, the soap. It stimulates dry brushing, but when I'm already in the shower. And so it just gets it to where my skin is a little pink. So I know that the circulation's happening in that area. Okay. That makes sense. And, and to bring the blood flow and to help the lymph flow that way. And it's just a way that I can mimic dry brushing, but in a, but it works for a lot of my clients and it works in my life because like I said, then all these 10 different things that take 20 minutes a piece. And so I like to 
try to figure out how can we add in things that don't really add more time to my schedule, but can still give me a benefit. Um, what else? Deep breathing is extremely important for pain. And that is very easy. You can do it several times a day, no matter where you are. Just focused, deep breathing, abdominal breathing. There are lots of videos online if you aren't sure what that is. But just taking deep cleansing breaths that go all the way down to, you know, using your diaphragm into belly breathing. And that stimulates your lymphatics. And it calms your nervous system. You cannot both be super tense and relaxed at the same time. And anything that relaxes you helps with pain. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, Juzo, Medi USA, and the National Lymphedema Network. Learn more about our sponsors by visiting the website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. And you've mentioned the deep breathing um, a little bit before in this episode, and I want to kind of, as a therapist, hit on what lymphatic response occurs with diaphragm breathing and deep breathing. So deep breathing helps to relieve stress. You know, you take a big deep breath in, you feel your lungs, you feel your ribs expand, your shoulders come up towards your ears, and you blow out, your shoulders drop, your ribs um, decompress, you kind of sink in, sink down, and it's a relaxing of your muscles. Diaphragm breathing, you take a great big deep breath in, as big as you can take it through your belly, and you blow out as hard as you can, and that stimulates the diaphragm, and it squeezes what is called the thoracic duct, and it basically milks or increases the flow of that lymphatic fluid from the lower extremities and the deep lymphatics of the abdomen up through the diaphragm and back into the heart where that fluid is all dropped because it's it's put back into circulation um, so that you can then later void it out when you go to the bathroom through urination. That fluid has to be recycled in a way. It doesn't just get pushed out and you know it instantly goes to your kidneys and bladder. It has to go back through circulation. So increasing your breath, your diaphragm breath, and the tone of your stomach. And I don't mean like doing an ab workout and getting a six pack, but just increasing the activity of your abdomen will help to stimulate and move that lymph. And I wanna point out that a lot of women, I have had a baby in the last year. My core is not as activated as it should be. My posture is terrible. I'm breastfeeding. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm working at home using my computer. So I have like hunchback going on. And when we have hunchback, our abdomen isn't engaged. So working on your posture and just engaging your core, lowering your shoulders from your ears is one way that you can activate your abdominals so that you are using that core and using your diaphragm more often. Singing, dancing. I know that we talked about mobility being an issue. Um, One of my dear patients, Luann, she has passed away um, since the start of COVID and all of that going on. Um, She would stand at her walker 
She had limited mobility. She would stand at her walker and her and her daughter would turn on some music and she would use her arms. She would dance with her arms. She might like sway side to side, but they would sing and do a little activity even though she wasn't as mobile as she would like. And that was a way to stimulate her diaphragm. Um, singing loud, talking loud, whistling, um, things like that are also good ways to stimulate the diaphragm and increase the movement of the lymph fluid through the thoracic duct. Um, so that was kind of a tangent there. I just wanted to throw that in a little bit for why, you know, anatomically, why it's so important to stimulate the diaphragm and do the diaphragm breathing. Yeah, I think that's great. And also, all those activities that you're talking about where you're engaging your core and all those muscles also stimulate the vagus nerve, which is really important. And I've been studying about the vagus nerve, but the vagus nerve touches every major organ from your head down to your digestive system. And so any of those things that you just talked about, um, movement and breathing and singing, even laughing a lot, any of those things, they will stimulate your vagus nerve and help the function of all those organs, including the lymphatics, including your nervous system, all those things. So anything that we can do, even if it seems small to us, one of the things I like to tell my clients is a baby step is still a step. Absolutely. And so if you are one of those people who can't really balance yourself, then hold on to something. But if you're moving and if you're even standing up and sitting down more than you did yesterday, then that's a, that step for you is a big step, even if it feels like a baby step, because you have to start where you are. And someone else's big step is not yours right now. Their journey, your journey doesn't have to look like someone else's journey for you to be making progress on that journey. Absolutely. I, I'm doing, um, I've done an episode with some women um, in the community uh, for lymphedema, um, but talking about comparison and the way that we are comparing ourselves and not building up the community that we're looking for. We're, we're looking for community and then we get in there and then we start tearing each other down and comparing. And, and that's, not the, that's not the way to build each other up and to get some help. So um, don't compare your progress or your, your day one to someone else's year three who's been on this lipedema journey, who's been looking for these answers. You start now, you take every baby step you can, and don't worry about comparison. Just build that community, get that information, build your knowledge base, and begin to advocate right. for yourself. And don't worry about what it looks like to others you you have to take care of you and and yeah you're right a baby step is a step so um that is helpful and that is that's the way you start yeah i'll mention a couple things without going into too much detail because all the things i mentioned for pain are free the ones that i've already mentioned there are some other things that help women a lot but they will require some investment but people can look into them one of them that has been really great for me lately is a massage gun. It has different attachments. You can change the speed and the intensity to whatever 
level you want it. It doesn't seem to be causing much bruising in the women who've been using it. So you can search for um, massage gun. It's a handheld gun that does percussive massage. It has helped a lot with pain. Um, cupping has been really good. It can be extremely painful at the beginning, but it is it helps a lot with fluid and it helps with lymph. It helps with circulation. It helps break down fibrotic tissue. So cupping is another thing, and you can learn to do that at home. Um, some women have used things like a fascia blaster to break down fibrotic tissue, helps with pain, um, and again, can be really painful at the beginning when you first start doing it, so be prepared for that. Um, some other things are vibration plates, whole body, whole body vibration has been very good. There is a new group for vibration and fat disorders on Facebook. Um, really great resource with a lot of great tips and videos on there. And let's see what else. Um, gua Sha, which is a little tool, a little, I was going to say blade, not like a knife blade, but a little tool where you scrape um, your skin, not scrape your skin off, but. So I'll help you explain this a little bit okay? <laughs> because it does sound terrifying. Um, but yes, in physical therapy, we use it as well. And it is called a like soft tissue scraper. So I, I kind of tell people that you know, they, some people call it a blade, some people call it a scraper or whatever. But you think about, um, I'm thinking of like a boomerang. So how like the the edge of a boomerang is like beveled and soft. Mm -hmm. So it's something similar to that. It's, it's handheld. It usually like conforms to your grasp. So that's why they call it a blade because it kind of lays down nice and smooth. And basically you would take that and you would massage your skin. So think of like a flat massager or something um that you would be able to use at home um like a back scratcher um and that type of you know you're you're stimulating and scratching or they call it raking um on the skin but yeah blade and <laughs> scraper that sounds all crazy scary um, but it's it very common and 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 very helpful to help break up some of that um fatty and fibrotic tissue oh so carry on we'll we'll try to post some links to some of this stuff too on the well, the page linked for the episode today um, so that you can go back and say, oh, what was this blade thing she was talking about? And have a yeah. picture of it. I've also done, there's a, um, it is not the Lipedema channel, though that's a great resource as well, as you know. Um, the Lipedema Devo YouTube channel, I've done some videos on there talking about all these different therapies and exactly how to use them and um, not very, they're not extremely long videos. We cover three or four different therapies in each one. So if anybody wanted to know just a summary of how those might work or what they look like, that could be a resource for them as well. Um, but those tools are all, they're all great tools. And um, I mentioned dry brushing earlier. If you have some ability to work another thing into your routine, dry brushing doesn't cost much, you know, None of these things cost a ton. Um, I've used a foam roller 
also can be extremely painful, but I'll tell you what, it broke down that fibrotic tissue. And it's been, after the initial few sessions, it's amazing how much less pain there is in subsequent sessions. I would say for someone who doesn't have lipedema or lymphedema, foam rollers are a booger. They can really be painful, but you are so right that after you have endured that initial session or treatment, the relief is amazing. It is. And foam rollers can also be modified. So it's not as much pressure. Um, I've done a couple of client sessions where we put the foam roller on the wall instead of the person laying on top of the foam roller on the floor. And so you can, you can modify these things in different ways to make them work for you. Don't feel like, well, I saw this person using this one therapy and they did it this way and they have a normal body, not a lipedema body. And this is what they did. That may not work for you, but you can still use these tools in a way that works for your body and works for lipedema. Which goes right back to the statement I made earlier about comparison. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare someone else's progress. There's ins- there's a difference between inspiration and looking up to someone and comparing yourself or tearing yourself down in their reflection. Yeah, there is. So we need to look at this as if even if you have the same disease as someone else or the same condition, that doesn't mean that your body's still going to respond like theirs or that you need the exact same things that they do because that one condition, that one chronic illness is only one part of who you, of who you are and what your body's doing. And so you may need something completely different and that's okay. You may need to do what they're doing, but do it in a different way. And that's okay too. So, um, I think as long as you are owning what you're doing, like making it part of what you need for yourself and you are advocating for yourself and you are choosing things to do for yourself that are going to help your health. I think that that is, that is progress in itself. Just this disease can be so overwhelming but even small things like today I'm going to drink enough water because being hydrated will help me help my health and help my pain level and help my inflammation and help me be better. That needs to be celebrated because when you're dealing with chronic illness, just doing life sometimes is very overwhelming and very difficult. And I want to add to that our last layer of treatment that I want to talk about is getting emotional support. How can, Super they, important. how can they take care of their mental health and their emotional health while balancing all of this? I think that is very difficult. And I think part of the difficulty is women are told for sometimes decades that this crazy thing that's going on with their body is because they did something wrong. And they're dismissed. And when you're dismissed and told you're doing something wrong over and over and over, it's very hard. 
and not only told by doctors, but by people who care about you. You know, they tell you, well, you need to do this or you need to do that or you need to eat this certain thing or avoid eating this certain thing. And with chronic illness, sometimes you feel better and sometimes you feel worse. And so people doubt you and there's guilt and shame and feeling like your body is betraying you. And it's all these different emotions and many people do not have the support that they need. And so... One of the things that has really seemed to help women that I've talked to is finding a group online or finding an Instagram account to follow or finding someone that you know gets it. And if you're blessed enough to have a spouse or a sibling or a parent or someone else, a best friend who gets it, then... Don't take that for granted and really appreciate that because most people with lipedema don't have that. But there are resources out there. The groups, some groups are better than others, and I'm not here to, you know, say which group is best for for any certain person. But some groups out there are extremely supportive, and some are more judgmental. And so my advice would be to find some of those groups, go on Facebook and just search for lipedema. If you find a group that is not as nice and supportive of where you are in your journey, you can just leave that group and not feel bad at all and go find a different group of women who really get you and who really are trying to be supportive. Um, connect with some of those people. It's hard to connect in person sometimes, but a lot of women have found that those online groups have been what keeps them going and what helps them know they're not crazy and not alone. Um, some people find that getting some sort of professional on board, like a therapist, to help them with all those different feelings is really, really helpful. And other women don't really feel that that's necessary. So wherever you are and whatever you need, that's what you need to do. And again, the comparison thing, it's not going to work in this situation. You need to just figure out what will work for you. And if it's professional counseling, then go do that. And if it's an online group, then go find the one that fits for you. It doesn't matter if that group has 10,000 people and everyone loves it. If it feels bad for you to be in that group, don't, don't do that to yourself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, Kelly, I really appreciate all of your information that you've shared today. I so, have learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. I think it's great that you as a lymphedema therapists are wanting to learn more about lipedema and share information about lipedema for lipedema awareness month. It's great for all those women out there who are trying so hard to find people to help them. Thank you. I am more than happy to help. And it, you know, lipolymphedema is a real thing. Lipedema 
is a real thing. Lymphedema is a real thing. And they're not talked about enough and education isn't out there enough. And so I feel like anytime that we can, you know, in a way cross that aisle and spread awareness and tell others, um, that's the best thing to do. We want to build this community. We don't want to tear it down and put up dividers. We want to encourage this community to grow um, and to build each other up. So thank you for being on with me today. I hope you are having a fantastic Lipedema Awareness Month and that um, you're not too busy because I'm sure you're going to have a lot of stuff that you're involved in this <laughs> month, um, helping to spread awareness and information on Lipedema to all of those who so desperately need the information. I want to just say that Kelly is a admin and member of one of the Facebook groups that she mentioned. That is the Lipedema and Food Sensitivities group. She is also a wellness coach for Wild Heart Wellness and Health Coaching. If you're in Texas, um, maybe you can reach out to her on her website. Um, are you on social media or what's your website in case anyone wants to reach out and contact you? My website is wildheart.health and I'm on Facebook also. I. Ugh, my mind just went blank. We've been talking for a while. Um, <laughs> but it's Wild Heart on Facebook as well. If they just search for Wild Heart Health on Facebook and Lipedema, it should pop up. Okay, great. Kelly, thanks again for being here with me. I really appreciate all of your information and insight. You are a wonderful shining light in this community of lipedema patients who are searching for information and i wish you the best of luck if you ever need anything please don't hesitate to reach out so that we can maybe join forces again to help um spread more awareness to the communities thanks for having me and i really enjoyed our talk and hope that women will google this month there's lots of opportunities in june to learn more about lipedema and spread the news about the disease this disease that is so unrecognized mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty this podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema and this month lipedema I hope you enjoyed learning more about Kelly's story and ways to get treatment for lipedema email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.